Welcome to Daily Defining Moments. This is Pastor Allen, and I'm so glad you're with me. Our goal each day is to help you open your Bible and connect with Jesus. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We're reading through the New Testament portion of the one-year Bible in the New Living Translation. Today is June 30th, and our reading comes from Acts chapter 20. I want to begin in verse 22. Paul says this, I'm now bound by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. I don't know what awaits me except that the Holy Spirit tells me in city after city that jail and suffering lie ahead. But my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. And now I know that none of you to whom I've preached the kingdom will ever see me again. Boy, that's a a pretty sobering letter, right? He's letting these believers know that the Holy Spirit is calling me to go to Jerusalem and the Holy Spirit is letting me know I'm going to be imprisoned. I'm going to suffer. I will eventually die. Y'all will never see me again. But he's so willing to go because in his mind, all that matters is living to fulfill the call on his life. He's not living for this world He's not living for his pleasure. He's not living for power. He's not living for fame. He's living for the glory of God. And no matter what that cost him, he's good with it. So in this final message, he then begins giving some instruction to the church about how to behave in his absence. So let me touch on some of that. Verse 28, he says, so guard yourselves and God's people. And I just love the fact that Paul understands we are in a spiritual battle. And sometimes we live as if we're in a peacetime. But spiritually speaking, we're in a war. The enemy is after our soul. I love what Peter says in 1 Peter 5, 8. He says, the devil is roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he can devour. Paul in Ephesians 6 describes this battle and and tells us how to put on the armor of God to protect our soul. It's so important that we live with this awareness. We are in a battle. This is not heaven. Heaven comes later. Right now, we are in a battle for our own soul and the hearts and souls of our family, our friends, our neighbors, the people around us, the people we have influence with, the people that we know and, and love. And so Paul is, is just raising their awareness. We're in a battle Come on, let's fight. And then he says this. He says, you've got to feed and shepherd God's flock. So he's telling these church leaders, you've got a responsibility to feed them, to help them grow and reach maturity. We have a responsibility. That's why a couple of years ago, we changed our mission statement to be clear about what we're trying to accomplish so that we can measure our progress. Our job is to help people be with Jesus so they can become like Jesus. They can reach maturity because when they do, they'll begin to do what Jesus did in all the different areas, arenas of our life. And so he says, feed God's people, feed the flock, feed the children of God, help them grow up and reach maturity. We want to do that. And then he said, don't forget, this is the church that Jesus purchased with his own blood. And I think one of the things, if we're not careful, we can be a little casual with the church. 
In other words, just imagine if you came into my home and then you treated my wife with disrespect. You were a little too casual with my wife. You weren't honoring her. You weren't recognizing she is a lady, that she is my bride. And you were a little casual, a little disrespectful, a little dishonoring, right? And I couldn't help but be offended. Well, I think Paul's trying to help us to keep in mind the church. We have a tendency to be a little casual, sometimes a little disrespectful and a little dishonoring towards God's people, not recognizing those are God's kids. Again, just imagine, what if you came to my home and started mistreating my children? How do you think I'd respond to that? What if I came to your home and started mistreating your children or your bride? How do you think you would respond to that? Not very well, right? And so we just have to keep in mind, we got to maintain some perspective. The church, despite her imperfection, that's the bride of Christ. Those are the children of God, and he's very passionate about that. Remember, Jesus purchased them with his blood. So we need to keep that in mind. And one of the things that's very unfortunate about American culture, and we've experienced this a handful of times in my 22 years here at Definition Church, is sometimes people get offended or they disagree and they begin to attack the church. Listen, don't ever make that mistake. There is never a reason to attack the bride of Jesus or the kids of Jesus. I just, the truth is, I'd be afraid of doing that. That is probably not going to work out. Jesus gave his life for those people. So let's live with that, that sense of, of honor and protection and respect and love, right? Verse 29, he says, false teachers will come. So you got to watch out for that. And so we've got to make sure that we are sticking with the truth. And one of the things that's really challenging is we live in a postmodern world where there is no absolute truth and everybody thinks they have their own truth. And so we've got to make sure that we're sticking with the truth. So let me just clarify, there are kind of two dangers we have to avoid. We have to avoid liberalism, which basically throws out God's truth and gives everybody permission to have their own truth and then makes that truth sacred. We want to reject that. The truth is, my opinion, my truth is irrelevant. What matters is God's truth. He's the standard. I love what Jesus said in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, not a truth. I'm the truth. And so we measure truth by Jesus. So we've got to be careful about liberalism, but we also have to be careful in the church about dogmatism. And one of the things that's been true about the church is that we've been so dogmatic that often we've been committed to bad theology that takes Scripture out of context and really is supporting our traditions in our agenda instead of being honest about what the Bible teaches. And so we have to be careful to avoid both extremes. We got to avoid liberalism, but we've got to avoid being dogmatic and with humility tremble before God's word and allow God to speak in his word. So we got to be careful about that. And he makes that very clear. And then in verse 32, he says, I'm going to entrust you to God and the message of his grace. In other words, God has this. And sometimes we get in a panic as if God is not going to finish what he started in people's lives. Listen, 
This church, Definition Church, I've been the pastor here for 22 years, but it is not up to me. If I get hit by a bus today, the church will be fine. It might do better, right? So I'm going to, I want to trust the church to God's grace. I want to make sure that the church is learning to rest and grow in the grace of God. And the truth is not be so dependent on me. And so Paul understands that. Paul understands I'm I'm going to Jerusalem and you're never going to see me again. So I want to make sure that you're resting not in me and who I am and what I can do, but in God's grace. And then finally, he says, listen, we can work hard. This is verse 35. He said, I've been a constant example of this, how you can work hard to help those in need. And then he says, it's more blessed. Jesus said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. So let's work hard so that we can give. And that's not just money, certainly includes our money, but let's give our time. Let's give our gifts. Let's give our education and experience. Let's bring all that we are and all that we have and all that we've learned and all that God's done in our life redemptively. Let's bring that to bear, to push forward the kingdom of God, to lift up Jesus. And Paul did that well. And Paul's and challenging and encouraging us to do that well. And I love how Jesus frames it. He says, why? Well, for your sake, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Again, everything God tells us to do, it's not because somehow it makes God feel better. The truth is when we live by God's principles, when we live and do what Jesus did, I'm blessed for doing it. I receive a blessing. When I live to give, to bless, to help, to serve other people, I'm the one who's blessed. And so Paul leaves them before going to Jerusalem. The last time he'll see them, he leaves them with this instruction that is just so helpful and spot on. And let's just ask God to help us keep these things in our own heart. Let me pray for you, Father. I pray that you'd help us to remember to guard our hearts that we are in a spiritual battle. The enemy is after us, but the victory is ours in Jesus. God, I pray that you would help us to realize the church is your bride and we want to honor and protect and respect and cover to build up the church, to love and protect the church and never be too casual, disrespectful, dishonoring, or to mistreat your bride. God, I pray that you would help us to have sound doctrine. That's why this is so important that we're in the word every day and we're allowing the word to speak, that we don't give in to liberalism, nor are we giving in to dogmatism, but we're standing on the truth and leading people into life. God, help us to remember it's not up to me, it's up to Jesus, that we're entrusting people to the message of grace, teaching people to stand in the grace of God and trusting you to finish what you have started. And God, I pray that we'd all discover in our own life and experience, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Most of the people I've known, if not all the people I've known who have lived for themselves, lived to get more, to pursuing and building their kingdom, thinking it would make them happy. Well, they never found happiness. And God, this really is true. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Help us to live that way and to give the best of who we are and what you've done in our life and our resources and time and gifts and experience and passion. God, let's bring it to bear for your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. 
Amen. Well, thanks again for being with me today. Remember, before I begin my day, God has something to say. We'll see you again tomorrow.